Hey y'all, so this is a bonus episode. It is actually an episode from the How to Pretend to Like Sports podcast. And if you didn't know yet, I did launch a second podcast, How to Pretend to Like Sports, and it's a sports podcast um, geared towards y'all to really bring the world of sports to you in a more digestible and interesting way. So on the podcast, I've interviewed uh, wives of professional athletes. I've brought on my friends to talk about current events in sports. And I thought this would be a really good episode to bring to y'all because it is with Taylor and Ethan of The Capital Couple. They were on um, an episode a few months back. So it was fun to bring them back on and to talk to them about something other than blogging. So if you enjoy this episode, you can subscribe to How to Pretend Like Sports. You can just search for it on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And yeah, I hope y'all enjoy it. Hey y'all, welcome to the How to Pretend to Like Sports podcast. I'm Monica Woodhams, and each week I'm bringing on guests to break down what you need to know when it comes to sports. Think of this as your Cliff Notes version to what's going on. So the next time you find yourself staring at the football game at the bar, you'll at least kind of know what's going on. All right, y'all. So I am here today with Taylor and Ethan. They are the bloggers behind The Capital Couple. If you listen to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle podcast, then you are already familiar with them. But I'm excited to change things up today, and we're going to talk sports. So we are currently inside Whole Foods in the wine section because we just thought that it just made sense to do this over beer and wine. So anyway, I will pass it over to Taylor and Ethan and they're going to share the teams that they root for. Yeah, uh, my name is Ethan. I am unfortunately this year a Tennessee Volunteers football fan. Uh, we are not going to a bowl game. So that's all I will say about the Volunteers. They don't deserve any more time. You don't mention your other teams while you have the chance? Uh, go Celtics and go DC Sports. <laughs> Caps, Nats, and Wizards when they're not playing the Celtics. Exactly. All right, I'm Taylor, and I am a proud Clemson Tiger. My blood runs orange. Back when I was in college, I was fortunate enough to be a rally cat for one year, so I um, actually got to cheer on the football field, cheer on the basketball court, do the way too brutal 5 a.m. workouts with um, the football players, and I'm a very proud Tiger. This year's going great so far, although the USC game was a little ugly. Um, I'm also a Carolina Panthers fan. I, my family's had PSL since I was seven years old, so I've been there since the beginning. And now that I'm engaged to Ethan, I'm a Celtics fan. Would have uh, loved to have seen you doing the same workouts as the Clemson Tigers. I mean, we went to workouts together, and then we ate breakfast together. I'm not saying our <laughs> you, were, you were just bench pressing right beside Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I was bench pressing. Deshaun. I love it. I love <laughs> I feel like we need to have a separate episode just based on cheer and dance because I cheered in college too and I feel like it's like one of those kind of weird experiences that you like go through and then you went through it and you can say I did that. <laughs> way weirder than people realize. Yes. I, I'm down for the next episode. Okay. Stay tuned people. Yes. Okay. So for today's episode we really wanted to focus on college football and the college football playoffs that are coming up because if you didn't know, the regular season games ended last week. So that means now it's time to talk about bowl games, talk about 
the playoffs, talk about the national championship and what that means. So we're going to break it down for y'all. Um, some of y'all sent in your questions. So we're going to take those questions and then just break it down so that you can understand what's going on right now when it comes to college football. So one of the questions, the most popular question was, how does the college football playoffs, how does that even work? Because it, it there are so many teams, right? So let's just dive into it. And first off, let's talk about the playoffs and the bowl games. Like, are those the same thing or are they different? So um, the playoffs are relatively new. They've only been around for, I think this is the fifth year with the, with the playoffs. Yeah. Under the old system, it was pretty much just bowl games. It was right. The BCS games, like the bowl championship system or series. Uh, under that system, the various stats from the team season were entered into this complex computer algorithm. And as far as where the championship goes, the algorithm would crunch the numbers and spit out what were, on paper, the two best teams in the country. Mm -hmm. Those two teams would play in the national championship. And every other team, no, no matter what kind of argument that they may have had to be in that top team spot, uh, they play, they got the consolation prizes of the other BCS folks, which are the Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, uh, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love all the bowl names. But, but, I, but they, they became mainstay. Yeah. They're actually still around today. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but under the old system, that's how it worked. The top two teams got to play for it, and no one, and no one else had a chance. Then, five years ago, the playoffs came in. Mm -hmm. Under this new system... Four teams now get to play for a chance at the national championship. Yeah. There is a 13-member select playoff selection committee that makes this determination. This year, they're pretty much all uh, various uh, athletic directors from different colleges at, uh, around the nation. And between amongst the 13 of them, they debate and come out with the top four teams in the nation as they believe it's good. Before you move on from that, tonight we learned a cool fact about some of the members of the committee. Yeah, um, so while this year the, the committee members are kind of boring, in previous years some big names have been included uh, Archie Manning, father of Peyton and Eli, and more importantly, Condoleezza Rice. That's so cool. I know. I know, that's kind of mind-blowing to me, but I love it. Do you know why she's not doing it this year? Uh, I don't know what uh, is her immediate excuse for not doing it, but generally, <laughs> you know, uh, Condoleezza Rice is regarded as a massive football fan, to say the least, but it goes beyond just fandom. Obviously, she used to be on the selection committee, and right. rumor has it that the Cleveland Browns have even considered her for the uh, head coaching opening with uh, their program this offseason. I don't know whether to make fun of the Cleveland Browns or be proud of uh, Right? Right? <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. Like, that's literally where they're at, but props to her. <laughs> a, 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 little, a little bit of both, maybe, because I, I don't know what qualifications she may have on the X's and O's of, of football, but she definitely has leadership skills. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Everyone already knows that I'm an obnoxious TCU fan, so um, didn't have the best season, but it's fine. Still love the Frogs, and I'm a Chiefs fan, which we are having a great season, which is 
We've earned it. You, We've you been mixed, through enough. Do you have mixed feelings with uh, Patrick Mahomes? I love Mahomes. Even though he's from tech, I love Mahomes, Mahomes because I hate, yes, because I hate Alex Smith. I am, and when I moved to D.C. and found out that Alex Smith was also moving to D.C., I was so mad. <laughs> so I was like, are you serious? No. So, Alex, if you're at Whole Foods, I'll have, he actually, we used to go to the same grocery store, too, so I'm like, where is he? You might be here right now. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so back to the college football playoffs. So we broke down. So the bowl game system, that kind of comes from pre-football playoffs. But now we have the playoffs, and there's pros and cons that come with that. Because I think, for me, in the last few years, I hear people either say that they love the playoff system or they hate it. So what are the pros and cons to each? Is there an advantage to the playoff system for the teams that you always see kind of ranked high, you know, the Alabama, Clemson. You see these teams over and over again. So is that going to favor them, or does it leave room for kind of an underdog to come into play? We're going to have different perspectives on this. Do you want to go first? Okay, so I obviously like the new system for my team so far. We've had great seasons. I mean, playing in two of the national championship games and being in the you know the playoff um, games last year and falling short of the championship game. But for teams who aren't SEC teams, excuse me, I feel like the new system gives us a better chance of being considered and, and maybe treated on a on a more equivalent basis. I feel like the old system gave so much weight to which conference you were in even if your performance wasn't necessarily superb. And so we, I feel like we got shafted a lot, and there were worst-performing SEC teams who, who ended up being treated more favorably. So an SEC perspective is probably different. Well, off the top, and you, you, won't, you won't like this, but uh, I, I also like most, uh, most elements of this new playoff system, but... Part of why I like it is because most years there are more than two teams that have a genuine claim for the best team in college football. Uh, The college football system is so big, and there are so many teams that the best teams don't always get a chance to play play one another during the regular season. And some years, kind of like this year with currently Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. there are three undefeated teams under the old system. That would mean that one of those undefeated teams would not get a chance to play for the national championship. And, right. But the reason I bring that I kind of bring that up is because uh, Taylor's beloved Clemson Tigers last year, as the number one seed under the old system, would have been playing in the national championship. But instead, they got beat by a number four seed and didn't get a chance to go to the national championship. All, all in all, the pros to it are there's off the top there's more football, which okay. is always a good thing. Right, that's um, true. And there, and generally, there more teams get a chance to compete for the national championship. Right. I don't know if I've just started paying more attention in the last four years, but it seems to me that more people are more excited about college football and are kind of, you know, more into their their fandom has increased. They've really gotten more right. interested in college football because they feel like they have more of a chance to get to the end to win the championship. I really do feel like people felt defeated by whatever conference they were in, mm-hmm. and so. You paid attention to your regular season. The bowls were bowls. They weren't, you, you weren't as 
That's so true. I think that that's a really good point. And to take that, so how do conference championships affect the playoffs? So we have college championships or conference championships coming up this weekend, uh, one of which is, we'll say, Oklahoma and Texas because that's Big 12, so that's relevant to me. But how does that actually affect what's going to happen next week when they announce, you know, make their next round of announcements? Well, I think off the top, uh, typically, there are some exceptions, but typically this is where the playoffs really start. Because okay. you've got to win your conference championship to get into the playoffs. So they do really matter. It, oh, they, they absolutely matter. Uh, You've seen good teams lose their national championship aspirations sure. over not getting into their conference. Sure, sure. I, I, okay. As great as um, all of the five or six legitimate contenders for, for the playoffs this year have been this throughout the season, if you don't win your your conference championship, you're at a serious disadvantage, to say the least. It got doesn't it. always matter. Last year, Alabama got in as a four seed, and they didn't play in their conference championship. So, what is the reason why it wouldn't matter? Is that because maybe their strength of schedule was so good that that game doesn't necessarily matter? What would be a factor there? I honestly feel like Alabama could be the only exception to that. Okay. Goal. Their performance is just, and I'm saying this is a plus advantage, so it's a curve that they deserve that spot last year. But I don't think you could make the same justification for any other team in college football losing their conference Absolutely. I, I really think Alabama kind of is the exception, not the okay. I personally love the conference um, championship game. And again, this is a Clemson fan. I love it because most of the time we're there, not going to win. But I think it's such an interesting wrinkle to throw into um, who finally makes it all the way to the playoffs because you could be a great team, but if you're not, you know, if you don't win your side of the division, if you don't get the opportunity to go to the conference game, and you don't, and you don't win the game, it just really throws a wrench yeah. in the whole selection, and I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and I just have to note too that it really always irritates me for Notre Dame, like they're not in a conference. Yeah. And so they also get to be the exception and not yeah. the rule, and that they don't have to play another game and risk getting a loss and losing their uh, national championship aspirations, which is frustrating. And, and particularly the conference championship for Notre Dame. I, while I think Notre Dame is a, a great team, and, and, I, and I, think they, I think they do deserve to get into the playoffs this year, the conference championship is designed to be, like I said, that first step of the playoff pretty much because – it's not just another regular season game. Yeah. It's the other best team from your conference that you're going up against. That right. That's a legitimate claim that for the SEC, for instance, if Alabama beats Georgia, they'll definitely be going to the to the playoff. If Georgia beats Alabama, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to be going to the playoffs. Like, right. It's, uh, and, there's a lot of parity. And speaking of Georgia and Alabama, the newest rankings – before we started recording, yeah. and we were we had planned on having the Ohio State versus Oklahoma debate mm-hmm. this podcast. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, neither team is in the four spot currently. It's Georgia, which will make things extremely interesting. Well, Georgia is in there for now. So, what's it going to take for either Ohio State or Oklahoma to take that Georgia spot? Uh, well, when Georgia likely loses to Alabama <laughs> this coming weekend in the SEC championship. And then what does Ohio State have to do to gain that spot? So I feel like 
they don't have a really strong matchup, and I think they could destroy Northwestern. I know Northwestern has done a good job this year and that they're ranked. Maybe I'm just biased based on prior years, but I don't have a lot of respect for that win. I feel like they could triple their score, and it doesn't really change their chances of getting the fourth spot. Like, right. I mean, whether they win by, well, I, I guess a, a very, very close win would hurt them, but whether they win by 10 points or 30 points or 50 points, I think it's going to be treated the same. With, with, with all due respect to, to Northwestern, they are not necessarily... They're not necessarily a high-caliber football team at this point, whereas Oklahoma is playing Texas, which right. are, who are currently ranked, I think, number nine in the nation. Yeah, and uh, they lost to Texas lost this to year. Yeah. It's a revenge game. Yes. But, um, but more importantly, I think, well, first off, Oklahoma and Ohio State both went, win their conference championships. They'll both overtake Georgia, assuming Georgia loses to Alabama this, this weekend in the conference championships game. Okay. But more importantly... I think that both Oklahoma and Ohio State's uh, fates are kind of already sealed. If they both win, there's not a whole lot more that they can do to add to their current resumes, at which point that means that it comes down to this 13-member selection committee. And this is a perfect example of the pros and cons that come with the playoff system because the selection committee, they pride themselves in being secretive. Right. They more or less lock themselves in a, in a room, and each of the 13 members argues their side for why they think X, Y, Z are the best teams in the, in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. This gets a lot of criticism, though, because it's a very subjective process. Right. Well, a lot of people didn't like the, the old BCS computer out, algorithm system. It was an algorithm. At least, yeah. at least they knew what numbers were be, being yeah. put in. And the results that were coming out had some validity to them. Right. Whereas now, the selection committee, you know generally what the factors are. Mm-hmm. Win-loss record matters. Strength of schedule matters. But the factors beyond that mm-hmm. and how they weigh those factors against one another, it's very unclear. Yeah. And by choice, they make it that way. And a lot of people think that a lot of bias goes into that because because it's so secretive, who knows what's really being said behind closed doors? Ohio State has a has a massive fan base. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, they have a big fan base as well, but the argument will at least be out there that if Ohio State were to get in over Oklahoma, there could be people on the inside saying, well, that's a lot more marketing money. I was just going to say, is that ad dollars? I have so many questions about what happens behind closed doors of the selection committee. Like, Do we think that some of the members of the committee come in with specific opinions and that they're essentially campaigning within the group and trying to convince one another their position to get people to vote with them? Or is it like each individual person comes in with their position and they just express their rationale and if someone is so influenced, so be it, but it's all occurs very separately and not to be too much of a nerd a nerd and dc lawyer here but i'm just imagining the supreme like a court. lobbyist situation almost. A lobbyist yeah like the supreme court these cases that come before them and the judges are trying to the justices i'm sorry are trying to decide you know what their holding or decision will be of whether they'll join a dissent or a majority to most mostly individually but as i understand it over lunch in the kitchen at the supreme court 
you might have one justice explaining their position to the other to persuade them to join the majority or the dissent. And so I'm just wondering what extent, to what extent this um, process is certain individuals kind of leading the charge and trying to influence yeah. others. Do you know? So to disclaim all of my upcoming answer, as I just said earlier, we don't really know because yeah. they, they do they so strongly try to make this process secretive. But uh, my guess is absolutely they try they try to lobby one another because I I'm sure that this isn't how it happens. But when I think about this process, I think of it as an old school bar debate. You just you're sitting at the bar with your buddies, yeah. And who do you think is best? Who do you think is the best team? Oklahoma or Ohio State? I really think that that's how they kind of go about it. We don't fully know what goes into it, but I think that you can make a pretty, you can pretty comfortably say that there is lobbying going uh, going on behind those closed doors. What's keeping people from asking for transparency? That's a really good question. I, I mean, if if you watch if you watch ESPN and other mm-hmm. uh, um, and just pay attention to the media generally. You, you'll see that after the decisions are made, various, sometimes the selection committee will have a quote-unquote spokesperson. Sometimes various members will just kind of come out and they'll each give their two cents on why Team A was picked over Team B. Right. Uh, but again, it's always a pretty subjective answer and there's always an argument to both sides. And this is why a team that can be undefeated can not go to... A national championship game, for sure. example. Exactly, and that and that's a great uh, example. That as great as the playoff system currently is, and it's getting giving more teams the opportunity to get in. Some teams are still getting left out. Last year, uh, University of Central Florida (UCF) they went undefeated through the regular season. Uh, I don't know if they played a championship or a uh, conference championship. I don't know if, or not, but assuming they did. They must have won it. Yeah. And they still didn't get into the playoffs over a even a two-loss Alabama team. Was that the right. right decision? Probably. Alabama went on to win the national championship. But they went on to a bowl game where they beat Auburn, who earlier yeah. in the year beat Alabama. Yep. And so they finished the season 13-0 without a chance to play for the national championship. And then... Uh, funny enough, uh, I think even the governor of California at the time announced that within the state of Florida, UCF would be acknowledged as the national championship of the college, college football. Did you yes. say governor of California? <laughs> or, or, sorry, of Florida, governor of Florida. Okay, I was like, like interesting. In I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I have to go back to the selection yeah, yeah, yeah. committee. The, the question of whether they take uh, I guess business, for a lack of a better word, into account. Um, I, I feel like you know they're selected for their expertise and their experience as professionals in in the sport in football. And I don't understand that they have any responsibility for ad dollars, success of um, of the playoffs and how many viewers watch them. And because it is, as I understand it, a changing and rotating selection committee, I don't think there's an incentive to make sure that the playoffs perform better in certain years than others or that they have any vested interest or responsibility for that. And that, that is very concerning. 
Yeah, I yeah. don't know that it's necessarily. I I mean I'm I'm not alleged, I'm not um, accusing any uh, any members of the selection committee of <laughs> accepting. We're on to you. But it's it's no I no I think more so than like monetary incentives. I think it's just that they that a lot of fans feel that biases generally go towards the bigger name schools, yeah. uh, which may have some legitimacy to it, but at the same time, that's only that's a large reason part of that is only because those bigger name schools tend to be playing bigger named opponents. Well, I don't know if looking at, at ad dollars or calling it a bigger school is really accurate. I mean, if they look at Ohio State more favorably than Oklahoma for something that goes beyond the performance this season. I think it would be the legacy of the success of the program. And I also don't agree that that should necessarily be taken into account. Right, because, because it's, it's about this year. year. Yeah. So do you think that a school's history is considered? And it's one of those things that you've lived through it, so it's baked into your mind, and you can't necessarily separate it when you're serving on a selection committee and you know, um, expressing your preferences or opinions? No member of the selection committee, I imagine, would ever admit to uh, a school's history or prestige coming into play. But usually what they chalk it up to is strength of schedule, which is sometimes maybe just too safe of, a, of an answer. But that's usually what they, what they fall back on because, you see, for instance, UCF last year. They're actually undefeated again this year, but between the two years, I can't name opponents off the top of my head. But they haven't had any any big name opponents. Right. If they played anybody in the top 25 and won, they were probably on the upper level of the top 25 and not like a top 10. Right. And I think that's I think that's kind of fair. I'm not gonna lie. But when we're talking like in Ohio State versus Oklahoma, I would say I mean, are their schedules comparable? Because I would say yes. Yeah, I, I, I would. Absolutely. And isn't their strength of schedule computed by an algorithm? Be the numerical value. Numerical yeah, yeah, yes. And I, I can't. I can't off the. Well, off the top of my head, I can't give the, the like specific numbers, but the strength of schedule is generally computed by an algorithm, and there is a number out there that tells you what it is, but there's also a subjective element to it. That's not the end-all, be-all in the consideration. Right. They don't just trust the, the value. I, exactly. Okay. But, 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 with, but to get back to Oklahoma and Ohio State, yeah. yeah, they are on paper extremely, extremely close. Yeah. Very comparable teams. They both have great offenses perhaps subpar defenses, but they're both really good teams. They both be some pretty solid teams. But that's why, yeah, they could put it into the old BCS algorithm and see which team came out on top. Mm -hmm. But that's where, for better or worse, the subjective nature of it comes in. But it's called the eye test. You can look at the two teams and, yeah, whether or not these are the best people to be judging it, the selection committee are very good uh, are very knowledgeable football minds, and they can see how these teams have played over the over the year. Right. And I mean, they trust their gut maybe a little bit, but it's part of it. I just looked it up, and the strength of schedule is a two percent difference. 
Oklahoma's is 90.1% as of right now, and Ohio State's 88.1%. Okay. Wow. Interesting. And in, in, just so you know, in the rankings, that puts Oklahoma directly above Ohio State. No one falls in between them. Mm. I redact that. Those percentages are correct, but these are not ranked in order. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor with the stats. <laughs> they are both very good. Yeah. Uh, but... I mean, it's the, it's the eye test. Yeah. I, I would personally put Oklahoma in. Okay. I think that they're great. And for a thing that uh, that uh, perhaps the selection committee looks at are specific players, even. And yeah. does one team have a that all-star caliber player that could be perhaps on the highest level set them apart? How's that with Kyler? Kyler Murray. Uh, does Ohio State have that star player? They have, um, they have uh, what are their names? Haskins and... Uh, and J.K. Dobbins, I think, are their names. Uh, quarterback and running back that are respectable players, but I don't think they. Kyler Murray is, I think, second in the running for the Heisman, and and that, I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Is the endorsement of Oklahoma Ohio State have anything to do with your hatred of Ohio State? I was. Gonna <laughs> I. Uh, Does anyone here like Ohio, Ohio State? State? <laughs> I, I, I will let that question answer itself. But. I mean, I and that's why I said I struggle with that because I hate Ohio State. I'm also from Texas, and so saying that I want sure. Oklahoma that that's, that's a little hard for me. But I'd rather have Oklahoma be there than Ohio State. I'll say that. Although I will point out, and I can't believe that I that I am the one to be saying this, but we did have we did have a a mailbag question, if you will, about it, Alabama so much and why do they keep winning? Yes. I think a lot of Ohio State's the hate for Ohio State. Could pro- probably comes from their year over year success. I just don't like the fans. I don't know. To me, it's not their success. <laughs> I completely agree. I have respect for teams that play well. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Like I, I don't hate Alabama the way that that you hate Ohio. Yes. It's a different kind of hatred. Yes. And um, you know, Alabama has been Clemson's biggest competition in the past few years, and I still have respect for them because they're an amazing team. They're like. The Patriots of college mm-hmm. football, right? You hate them, but you respect them. Uh, <laughs> Ethan's laughing. I'm, I'm not sure why. I saw him back to you in one second. But the hatred of Ohio State is the fandom. Yeah. I remember in July, right? So we're not in college football season. We were at a rooftop bar. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if you're an Ohio State fan, you don't have to listen. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not my target market. Um I remember in July being at a rooftop bar, South House, shout out. It's a great spot in DuPont. Um, they serve you huge uh, beers at the German Beer Garden. But I remember it was July, and we're all just sitting around chatting, and I don't think college football was even the topic. And these two Ohio State fans had a little too much to drink, and we're just totally obnoxious about Ohio State the entire time um, for no reason. And, and I totally believe it. That's it's one so of true. many examples. Yeah. Okay, now why are you laughing at my respect for Alabama? Oh, no, I, I respect – as a Tennessee fan, I cannot comment on any of this. <laughs> okay, well, so as we wrap it up, what are the key games to watch this weekend? So I would say I'm going to be watching the Texas-Oklahoma game. What are y'all going to be watching? I'm going to be watching and rooting for my own team. Go Tigers. <laughs> Yeah, Clemson. So there, there, so there are five conference championship games that really matter this weekend. ACC plays Clemson, uh, or 
ACC is Clemson versus Pittsburgh. Go Clemson. I'm an honorary Tigers fan, especially once I give up on the volunteers for the year. I it's a different shade of orange, but I can usually recycle some of my uh, volunteer orange. Isn't love something special? I, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> uh, and then Ohio State plays Northwestern, which isn't as big of a game. Or North, Northwestern isn't quite the same team that they were earlier in the, in the season. The Ohio State should pull that one out, but it's still something to watch for. Oklahoma plays Texas. That's a huge game. Number five Oklahoma versus number nine Texas. But those are really the two games that, in, in a, well, well, those are the two games that really uh, affect a lot of what we talked about mm-hmm. most today so far, because Oklahoma and Ohio State, neither of them have a cakewalk, uh, right? Uh, in through the conference championships, and assuming they both win, that's when the, the discussion would really start. But they got to win first. Uh, Pac-12 doesn't really <laughs> matter this year, unfortunately. Washington was still decent, but they played uh. in Utah. But that's kind of a throwaway game at this point in the season. They'll play for a bowl, a bowl game. Bowl game, yeah. Uh, and then the big game uh, Saturday night is Alabama-Georgia. Number one versus number four. And, I mean, that's that's probably the game that could throw the biggest wrench into the uh, slicing committee's plans. If Georgia somehow beats Alabama, which, mind you, I don't think. You don't think so. Do we know the line on that? Or and, and they, they're, I'm sure that they are pretty, pretty substantial underdog. Yeah. But if they do, we, we find no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> if we find ourselves, we would find ourselves in a position very similar to last year. Out. Okay. You could just see them switching positions if it's a close game and Georgia wins. Per, perhaps. Um, but if, if that's one on one, I don't know. That would be really tough because if Georgia beats Bama, Bama. This might be the best college football team I've ever seen in my life. Alabama is that good this year. They're well, people are talking about they could beat an NFL team. Yeah, and uh, I would love to see that. I just I want to see it just so the conversation would just be like be conclusive. Like, okay, right. they can or they can't. And because it would be great. It would be to watch. really great to watch. Everyone would watch that game. Nick Saban, if you're listening, which I know you're not. <laughs> I know you but can't. Maybe. Turn, I know you can't turn down a challenge. <laughs> I think you need to take on the Patriots. I think we need to put the best of the best versus the best of the best. Although this season is not the best season for that, yeah. right? But still, come on, Nick, prove yourself. No, less people would tune in for that. Do you think if Nick Saban beat an NFL team, let's say the best NFL team, that he would finally smile? Uh, maybe, but for what it's worth, even as an NFL head coach, Nick Saban could barely beat an NFL team. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, he was previously an NFL head coach, coach for the Dolphins Who did he? for a while. Oh, okay. But that didn't that tenure didn't last very long. But the NFL to college transition is not that clear. It's, I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Michigan fans are about to get rid of him if he doesn't win a rivalry game against Ohio State. As as much as coaches matter, and I think that some of the best coaches in the world are in college football. Players also matter, and I, unfortunately, I, I I would also love to see it, but I think that the best team in college football, Alabama, could not beat the worst team in the NFL, be it the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Bills, whoever whoever it is, because it's just a different caliber of player, and that's no disrespect to either of those. And that's exactly why this game has to happen. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, and I have one last thought on that. I will say, though, couldn't you say that the NFL is starting to kind of the plays that are made are kind of more college football style? So in theory, then um, they're... Maybe, a little, I mean, football all around is becoming more of just an offensive sport. Right. Uh, and it's been that way longer in, on the college level. Um but I think that the numbers get skewed a little bit because the lower level of college competition numbers get skewed a lot. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, yeah. Alabama play, plays bad teams like, I don't know, Southern Alabama yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And that's and Citadel, I should play them well for a half. But uh, <laughs> but I think that that skews that a little bit. But, yeah, it, it is becoming more of an offensive yeah. sport. And I, and I think that uh, – the NFL probably learned some things from the college level, but at the at, at the same time, not, not to get not to just get too technical with it, but a the players in the NFL are grown ass men. Can I say that? Yeah, They're you gro- can say they, that. They are grown ass men, whereas whereas <laughs> players are on their way to being grown ass men, but they're still like teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Fine. So we actually went to the Panthers versus Seahawks game this past Sunday, and I felt like I definitely noticed a change in the offensive style of both teams this season. Like I mentioned earlier, I've been a fan and have gone to games my whole life, um, and I felt like it was much quicker. Yeah. Like style of play. Um, not giving the, the opponent really any time to figure out what was going on, which is very College, college from my yeah. Yeah, Clemson years. By the way, I just wanted to follow up so you guys know that I do my research here. <laughs> the line on Sunday, the line opened for the Alabama um, Georgia game with Alabama seen as a ten and a half point favorite by Vegas Insider, um, and the over under is set at sixty two. Okay. Take Alabama all day on that one, folks. Well, yeah, I but, mean, no one's taking bets against Alabama, right, but, so. Uh, <laughs> But as one last comment on the newer style of NFL play, I think that's like that with a lot of sports. I mean, sports evolve over time. And yeah. basketball, I mean, this is a conversation for another day, but in basketball, uh, 20 years ago, if team, no, no team was taking as many threes as the worst team in the NBA today. It's just, yeah. it, I mean, styles change as you get more anal- advanced analytics play a big part of that. So what has, as a last question, what has changed in college football that you've noticed over the past couple years? It's a good one. Been college. Yeah. Love that. I mean, at the highest level, college football has changed very little, seeing that uh, for the past, like, four or five years, it's been the exact same team at the top, but... Um, as far as style play goes, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that all football at all levels has become more of an offensive sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, defenses don't matter near as much as they used to. I, they're still important, but yeah, and and, and they and they should. But I, I think that a very good defense today can't stop a very good offense in the way that. 20 years ago. Okay. I'd like to unpack that a little bit more, but we can do that next time. <laughs> well, the, well, the, the, uh, the short form of it is yeah. rules have the over the 
general rules of the sport have changed a lot to protect offense. To protect the players, yeah. Yeah. That's really a discussion for another Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for joining. Where can everyone find y'all? All right, so you can find us at Capital Couple on basically every form of social media, and that's capital A-L, so C-A-P-I-T-A-L, like the city, not the capital building with an O. Uh, capital Couple on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, or CapitalCouple.com. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you Thanks, so much, guys. y'all. And go Vols. Go Tigers. Thanks for listening to How to Pretend to Like Sports. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk soon.